All right, if you have your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter number 5, Ephesians 5. I've been thinking about this, this thought all week, and that is the will of God. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we think, if you stop for a moment, you think, who is God? I mean, who really is God? Uh, we know that He is a person. There's no doubt about that. Um, we know that he, He's in heaven. We know that. And, uh, and, and sometimes that's as uh, detached as we become to God. If we think about, well, God is not a person that we can physically see, uh, though we have his word. Uh, he's not somebody that we physically can see. He's not somebody that we can physically, uh, you know, touch or, or have within our presence, physically speaking. Uh, and so sometimes I think people get detached from who God really is. And when they think of God, they think, well, God is uh, that guy that Sunday morning we go to church and we sing about him and we, we hear the, the preacher speak about him and, uh, and then we leave church and, and that we detach ourselves from God throughout the week. And, uh, and it's kind of like, well, we only associate God with church and we only associate God with um, with, with heaven and, and things that are higher than us. And the Bible says this in Psalm 8 and verses 3 and 4, but in verse 4 it says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Um, last week David preached and he brought out the verse in Exodus uh, 3.11 uh, that says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I? Uh, that I should go unto Pharaoh. And certainly, sometimes we feel like that. Sometimes we think, well, uh, who am I that God would be mindful of me? Or who am I that I could actually do something for the Lord? Not only uh, Moses and not just the psalmist who thinks that, uh, but even Gideon, when you think about the fact that God had called him uh, to do something, to be a judge in Israel, he said, uh, he said, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. In other words, he said, Man, who am I uh, that I should be able to serve God? And sometimes in our life, uh, we tend to think, Well, uh, man, uh, you know, who am I to God? God sits in heaven. God is almighty. God is all-powerful. God knows all. God sees all. But uh, really, in an aspect, we become detached, disattached rather, or uh, unattached to God. And we don't have that personal relationship with Him. And as we think about that, I want to think of this, that God has a will for every person. You say, wait, for me? Yes, God is interested in you. He's interested in your life. He's interested in every aspect and every part of your life. He's not just interested in your life on Sunday when you show up to church and sing praises to His name. But on Monday, He's interested in your life. On Tuesday, He is interested in your life. On Wednesday, He is interested in your life. Uh, one of the things that I notice in, in Christianity is it becomes kind of a cultural thing and a kind of a normal thing, but we detach ourselves from God. Listen, God is not just an object 
that sets in heaven that we worship on Sunday. He is a person that we ought to have a relationship with on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday and on Sunday. And every day of the week, uh, we ought to have our attention focused on our relationship with God. That would bring us all the way down to the will of God. Because God is interested in you. I love the passage in Samuel uh, that says uh, that, that as Samuel was there in the temple and he was laying in his bed, God called him, Samuel, Samuel. And what did Samuel do? Well, he ran to Eli, the priest, and he said, yes, here am I. You called. And Eli said, I didn't call you. He goes back to bed. And God again calls Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And, he, and, and Samuel jumps up and he runs to Eli and he says, Eli, I, I'm here. You called me. And, he sa- and Eli says, I didn't call you. And Samuel says, sure enough, I know you called me. And, uh, and finally, he figured it out. Oh, it's God talking to him. Listen, let it not be a surprise to you. Let it not be unknown to you that God knows your name. And that God cares about your life. And God is concerned about your life. And God is concerned about what you are going to do on Monday morning when you get up. Because He is. He cares about His children. The Bible says in Ephesians, we're in Ephesians chapter 5, I don't know if I said that. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 17, just one verse that kind of will give us a thought. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 17. The Bible says this, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. God has a personal interest in your life and a, a desire that He would like for your life, for you to do in your lifetime. And, uh, and as we think about this verse, the Bible says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And the very first thing, obviously, that I, I believe is for every person, this is kind of generic, but it is God's will for every person, is that they be saved. That's the first and foremost thing. Because the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that word, uh, I love that, the wording of that, because He says He's not willing that any should perish. You think about that. What does perish mean? Uh, Well, the the dictionary definition uh, is to be lost eternally, to be sentenced to endless misery. We find that's condemnation. And listen, God doesn't want that for people. The Bible is very clear. He says He's not willing that any should perish. He does not want every person, or any person rather, uh, to go to hell and to be condemned for all of eternity. Listen, hell is a real place. And, uh, and many times, uh, people have a misconception and they think, uh, well, you know, God just sits in heaven. Again, it, it, we're removed from it. And God just sits in heaven and He's just waiting for me to mess up so He can go, boom, and squash me. And that's the misconception that many people have of God. That's not the Bible picture of God. 
God's not sitting in heaven just waiting uh, so that He can cast judgment on people and when people mess up, that He can squash them. Uh, that's not the God of the Bible. Matter of fact, that this verse gives us a totally different idea because the Bible says He's not willing that any should perish. He does not want to see people condemned. And so He's not a God that is sitting and waiting to condemn people. Matter of fact, the Bible would teach us very clearly uh, in Matthew 25, verse 41, the latter part of that verse says, uh, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. In other words, God did not prepare hell for mankind so that when man sins, man could go to hell. But rather, God prepared hell as a place for the devil and his angels that fell way back when, uh, when they, they left. Uh, you remember, of course, the passage in Isaiah that talks about that. Uh, the devil being lifted up with pride and he says, I will exalt my throne above heaven and I will ascend into the most high. And he goes on and on and tells and both of all that he's going to do and and God of course cast him out of heaven and then hell was created the Bible says for the devil and for his angels and that condemnation is not for uh, mankind but nonetheless because of man's sin man will go there but God doesn't want man to go there and we see the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, the Bible says for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, God didn't create hell so that He could send man to it, but man will go there because of his sin. But God made a way that man does not have to go there. He said, you know what? I'm going to send my Son, Jesus Christ. And He's going to come down to this earth. And Jesus left the, uh, the wonders of heaven and came to this earth. And He lived in the earth uh, for, for the time that He ministered here on the earth. And, and, and if He knew that He would go to the cross. That was His purpose for coming to the earth. And He came to the earth and He went all the way to the cross of Calvary. Why would He do that? Because He cares about you. He doesn't just care about you. He cares about every, every person outside of this building and every person that's in this world. And He loves mankind. Uh, and so He went all the way to the cross. And we find that, hey, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We find the condemnation of hell and the compassion of the cross, but then the call to repentance in, in this verse that we, we read in 2 Peter 3.9, He says, not willing that any should perish, but that all that would be all people, should come to repentance. And what does that mean? That just simply means recognize your sin. Listen, uh, you, cannot, you cannot repent if you don't recognize your sin. Some people, I was talking to somebody and, and, uh, and I was explaining salvation to them and, and, and we were talking, it was a saved person, but we were talking about salvation and, and they were asking me about, you know, repentance and what does that mean? And, and, uh, and, and in reality, a, a person who is lost cannot clean up their life. It's not possible. Uh, they might be able to, to clean up a little bit of things. I know I've talked about it with somebody else as well, and, and, uh, and that's one of the things that's absent many times uh, is people will try to clean up their life, and they'll, they'll do good for a while, but you know what's going to happen? Eventually, they're going to fall again. Uh, why? Because they don't have, they're not saved. They don't have the Spirit of God that lives in, in them. I mean, we who are saved, we fall. 
So how much more those who are not saved and those who uh, are not, not born again uh, and do not have the Spirit of God that lives within them, they're going to continue to fall and they're going to continue in their sin uh, because uh, they don't have any help to overcome that. And so we find that, uh, listen, you have to recognize that sin. And what is repentance? It's not cleaning up your life, but it's saying, man, I, am, I need something different. It's recognizing this road that I'm walking down is not going in a good direction. And I need something different. And they can't change their life. They can't turn around their life. But if they will turn to God, God will turn their life around. And if they'll call on God, the Bible says uh, that He'll change them and He'll save them. The Bible says in Luke 13, 3, uh, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And God does call to repentance, and He is calling and saying, hey, uh, I want people to be saved. Uh, one of the things in Peru, of course, uh, was a very religious country. And sometimes you would witness to people, we would talk to people, and, and, uh, and they, they, would, they would simply say, well, yeah, I want to be saved. I mean... It sounds good. Who doesn't want to be saved? I mean, I, I, you know, if you ask, you ask people, well, do you want to go to hell or do you want to go to heaven? I've never had somebody say, well, I, I definitely want to go to hell in that line. I mean, people aren't, aren't saying that. They say, well, I, I definitely want to be saved. I definitely want to go to heaven. But, uh, but what they do is uh, they add to their, their religious works and they say, well, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll, trust, I'll trust this too. And then they got a collection of idols and they got a collection of Jesus and they got a collection of good works and they got a collection of this and, and they're thinking, well, all of this ought to get me to heaven. No, no, no. The Bible says uh, that Jesus Christ is the only way. The Bible says in, in John 14, 6, uh, and, and Jesus says unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's not by collecting this religious works and these idols and, and these things and all of this. It's by abandoning it all and saying, this stuff is not going to save me, but Jesus Christ will. And say, I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That is an example of repentance. Sometimes people have to repent even of religious uh, beliefs in order to be saved because their trust is in some religious system or some church or some idol or some other thing. But, but Jesus is the only thing that can save. And so uh, what we see is that, hey, he's saying uh, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Listen, it's God's will that every person be saved. God wants people to be saved. Many times people don't want to be saved. They don't want to do God's will. They don't want to abandon their sin. But listen, all of your neighbors, God's desire is for them to be saved. All of your co-workers, God's desire is for them to be saved. All, the, all of your family, God's desire is for them to be saved. All the people that live in the world and every person that you go by, God's desire is for them to be saved. So we see God's will for uh, all of mankind because the Bible says, uh, be not unwise, but be understanding what the will of the Lord is. And it is God's will uh, that every person be saved. Now, does that mean everyone will be saved? No. Because, hey, He's left it up to us. We have to decide. They have to decide. 
Uh, we have to get them the gospel, and they have to make up their mind. Am I going to trust Jesus as my Savior, or am I not going to trust Jesus as my Savior? And, and listen, we can't, uh, we can't force people to be saved. That's one thing Paul was saying in Romans 10. He said, man, I wish I, I, wish I could give up my own salvation so that all of Israel could be saved. But it's not possible. You can't make people be saved, but you can certainly give them the gospel, and we ought to, because God desires that all people be saved. So the first thing uh, when we talk about the will of God is that they be, first, first and foremost, is that they be saved. Back in our text in Ephesians 5.17, we find here he says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Being saved is not the end of God's will for your life. Sometimes we think, well, uh, praise the Lord, I got saved, so uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm good for heaven, and, uh, and that's what God wanted for my life. And, and that is, he, he did want that. But that's only the start. He wants... He wants more from your life. He's interested in more of your life. That's not the end of God's will for your life. That is just the beginning. Hey, that's the first step in a journey that says, I'm going to follow the Lord with my life, and I want to do what He wants me to do, and, and I want to follow the Lord. Go back with me in Ephesians chapter 5, and look with me at verse 14. In context here, he says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. He's talking about salvation in that verse, that they would awake from the sleep and arise from the dead, and that Christ would give them light. That's talking about salvation. He goes on in verse 15, and he says, uh, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, what does that word circumspectly mean? Well, that word circumspectly means uh, to walk cautiously or watchfulness in every way. And so after salvation, he's saying, listen, uh, now uh, we are to be understanding what the will of the Lord is. And one of those things that he says is to walk circumspectly. And that's the will of the Lord. We see here in verses uh, 15, 16, and 17. And he's saying that, uh, that we would be seeking His will. What, is, what does that mean? Well, that we would look for what God wants. Um, as I said, it's just the starting point. He goes on in verse 17. He says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And, and if I were to run around this morning, and I won't, but if I were to run around and say, Hey, what is God's will for your life? Some of you will be, uh, I'm not for sure. Some of you will be stage fright. Other of you say, Man, I'm, I'm really not sure. And, and listen, he's saying, Hey, don't be unwise. Look for what God's will is in your life. You ought to know what God's will is in your life. And sometimes we hit points where we're not sure, but hey, but we ought to be seeking God's will in our life. Because he says, be not unwise, but be understanding what the will of the Lord is. And what is the will of the Lord? As we see in our, our text, as I already kind of got into in verse 15, it's the steps. Uh, God is interested in your daily life every step you take. That's why he says, walk circumspectly, walk cautiously, that you would live in this world in a right manner and in a right uh, way that would be uh, 
approved of by God. He said, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Listen, walking is composed of those steps. God's interested in the details of your life and everything we do. I, I, sometimes I get around people and I, I see other Christians and I think to myself, I would never know they're Christian. And, and, and sometimes they'll tell me, oh, I go to church. I'm like, really? I didn't, I didn't, didn't realize that. And I'm not trying to be harsh or mean, but, but sometimes I think they go to church on Sunday, they connect with God, and then they dismiss and they unplug and they say, well, I did my time with God and I'm not concerned with my relationship with God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday uh, because you know what? When I go back to church, hey, then I'll, I'll plug back in and I'll touch base with God and once a week is good enough and I don't have to be concerned with what God's will is for my life. No, that's not right. That's not what the Bible teaches. God is interested in our daily life every single day of the week. And the Bible says that we would walk circumspectly. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. In other words, that God would say, hey, I want you to take this step. I want you to go this direction. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And, and God would order our life in every area. Uh, and I'm talking about, hey, where you work, how you should dress, what music you listen to, what friends you have, places that you go. I mean, we sing those songs as teenagers. We sing them uh, growing up in the, in the youth group. Uh, they, they said um, that, that one song, uh, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Uh, the, the, the music I used to listen to, I don't listen to it anymore. Why? Because there's been a great change in my life. And listen, uh, that's God's will, that we would walk circumspectly, that our life would change, not on Sunday, but every day of the week, that we would say, God, what is your will for my life today? That we would be different. Why? Because God desires us to live within His will. Look at the language that he uses in these verses. See then that ye walk circumspectly. I already gave you the definition of that. That is cautious. Watchfulness in every way. One time I was walking in Peru. I was, we had to move our church building, our location. And, and I, was, I was looking around and I was looking at buildings. I was just walking all over the area and and, uh, and I was walking, and as I was walking down the sidewalk, there was a manhole cover there. And I, I, I was not looking at the ground. I was looking at the, uh, at the areas. And, and, uh, and so I, I stepped on the manhole, and, uh, and as I did, the cover flipped in. And my leg went whoop, all the way down it. And I am all by myself. I got one leg in a manhole and the other leg on my chin. I don't even know how it happened. And I'm just like... Oh, I, I, I finally, I looked, and there's nobody around. Which is really weird, because usually in Peru, there's always somebody on the street. I don't know, they all disappeared. And I, I, I pulled myself out, and man, my leg was all scratched up, and, and, uh, and I was kind of in pain, and, and I didn't break nothing, I'm grateful for that. But, but that's what he's talking about, that you would walk circumspectly, that you would always be watching, 
that you would always be cautious. We're not talking about physically walking. We're talking about every single day that you would be cautious about God and about what traps may be set by the devil and how the, how the, uh, the world would try and pull you away from God and how the world would tempt you in your life and how that uh, friends and other things would try to get you away from God and that you would say, you know what? I want to be circumspect. I want to be cautious. I want to make sure that my life is living uh, out every single moment and every single step in the will of the Lord. That we would be conscientious of that. Listen, it doesn't come naturally. It's something that we say, I want to have a good relationship with God. It's kind of like our single people. And those that are single... Listen, a relationship just doesn't happen by accident. That's maybe uh, any married people can attest to that. It just didn't happen that you just happened to get married and, well, you just found this fella and and the next thing you knew, you, 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 you guys proposed and you were standing at the altar and getting married. No, you worked at that. Uh, it, it took effort. And listen, it takes effort to make a relationship last. And it takes input and it takes work so that that can go forward. Listen, God has done His part, but we fail on our part of being aware of God's will for our life and saying, listen, God, I want to live in a way that would please You and I want to seek Your will for my life on a daily basis. Not just on Sunday, but every day. God, what job would You have me to work at? God, what, uh, how would you have me to dress and to look? And how would you have me to act? And what things would you desire to, that I say? And, and what kind of things would be appropriate coming out of my mouth? And, and look at our life and say, God, are these things pleasing to you? Am I walking circumspectly according to your will? We need to be seeking his will. Sometimes we just have selfish desires that overtake our life. We need to abandon ourselves, and we need to seek the Lord. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of uh, His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, where, where do you find the answers to all those questions that I said? Uh, how should I dress, and how should I talk, and how should I look, and uh, what music should I listen to, and what friends, and what jobs? Listen, you know how you can find the answers to all those things? The Word of God. You mean the Word of God is going to tell me that I should get a job at Walmart? Well, you won't find Walmart in there. But you know what? If you're seeking God, and where are you going to seek God? You ought to seek God in His Word. Then He will direct you. And, and, and maybe He'll give you some uh, clue as to where you should work. And, and I'm not saying that He's going to say directly you ought to work at Walmart. You can find that in Hezekiah 5.2, okay? When you find that, you let me know. It's not like that, but, but, but you do ought to seek, you should be seeking God's direction in your life for what He would have you to do, and He will lead you step by step. And, and I am serious when I say, look in the Word of God, because listen, God will never lead you contrary to His Word. I've had people tell me, so I've had many times people tell me this, they're not in church, they say, but me and God, we're, we're okay. We're like this. I'm thinking, 
God will never lead you away from His church. That, that's like saying, well, I don't ever read my Bible, but me and God, we're good. we got a deal made out. No, no, God's deal is a binding contract that's written right there. Go back and read it to find out what God's deal is and what His binding contract is and what His desires for your life are because they're all recorded in His Word. I started looking up the words uh, will in the, in the entire Bible and I was looking for verses that were specifically directed towards God's will. And as I read them, there were well over a thousand verses that, cover, uh, that, that have the word will and have the word God or Lord in that. And as I was looking, I, I was looking through of all of them. I was just kind of uh, paging through all the verses and reading them and reading them. And, and it starts way back in the Old Testament. And you know what God says? I will. And He says, I can't tell you how many thousands of, or how many, uh, maybe thousands of times, because it was more than 3,000 times uh, it showed up, but it was only about 1,000 verses. He said, I will, uh, and I will do this, and I will do that, and how God desires, and He will do many things. Uh, but as we think about it, we need to think about, hey, what is God's will for my life? And are we seeking His will? Sometimes... We don't want to know, and sometimes we just go on ignorant of what God's desire for our life is. Listen, to have a good relationship, we ought to seek what God wants. and Say, God, what do you want of me? God, what's your will for my life? God, how should I live? How should I walk? Uh, because he says here, walk circumspectly. What does that mean? And God's word will teach you what circumspectly means. Then lastly, not only should we seek His will, and not only should we be saved, and we should understand what His will is and, and seek that will of God, but listen, lastly, we need to be serving His will. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 6, in verses 5 and 6. We see these verses. The Bible says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. And then he goes on in verse 6, he says, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ. And he goes on and he says, Doing the will of God from the heart. It's one thing to seek God's will, and it's one thing to gain an understanding. So you search through Scriptures and you find, well, this is what God wants of me, and this is how God wants me to live, and this is what I understand God's will is for my life. But then it's another thing to actually enact it and do those things in your life. One thing is seeking and understanding God's will, and many people don't seek God's will or understand God's will for their life, but they ought to be seeking and they ought to be understanding. But once they do understand it, many times people will understand it, but they refuse to follow the Word of God. I was preaching last week, I think it was, elsewhere, and, um, and I was going over the passage of Saul and how Saul had, uh, had left, uh, or God rather, he had left God and God left him. They kind of departed from each other. And the verse said that, uh, that, that God said he rejected Saul from being king. And Samuel refused to go back to Saul anymore. The man of God refused to go back to him. Why? Because they had parted ways. Saul had refused to obey and follow the Word of God. He knew what God's will was. God had said, I want you, specifically in this passage, uh, He said, I want you to go to the Amalekites and I want you to destroy all of them. And Saul did not do it. 
And he refused. And Samuel said, because thou hast refused to obey the word of God, God has rejected you from being king. It's one thing to know the will of God. It's one thing to seek and understand the will of God. But listen, it's a whole other thing to do the will of God. We're great at making excuses. We talked about in the very beginning, we talked about Moses and we talked about Gideon. And even Moses was uh, good with excuses. What did he say? God, I'm not, I'm not eloquent. I can't do that. What about Gideon? He said, well, I'm not affluent and I'm not well known. And, and he gave excuses. Listen, it's one thing to know what God wants you to do, but God wants us to be doers of the word, not just hearers only, as it says in the book of James. Sometimes we think, man, we want to have a great impact. We want to, uh, I, want to, I want to be able to reach Maslin with the gospel. I want, I want to see Maslin just turned upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to see Christians just growing and, 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 and learning the Word of God. and being, I want to see people being saved and added unto the church and baptized and, and all of those things. And, and you say, man, what, a, what an impact if we just had, man, 200 people or 300 people, we could really make an impact. You know what? Jesus made an impact with just 11 disciples who knew the will of God and did the will of God in their life. You know what would make an impact? If every Christian would say, I want to know God's will for my life. Number two, I want to do God's will for my life. You know what kind of impact could be made? You know what a difference would be made if we simply did what God was asking us to do, a heartfelt doing, just like he says here as he's giving instruction to servants and, 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 and working uh, under their masters. And he says, not with eye service. In other words, just when somebody is around that's going to see and take notice of your work, but rather do it as a help, heartfelt service to God. If we as Christians... Every day would seek God's will. We'd walk with God circumspectly. We'd say, I want to have a good relationship with God on Monday. I want to have a good relationship with God on Tuesday. Every day of the week. And we'd say, I want to maintain a good relationship with God. Man, what an impact we could have. Not for my glory. Not for your glory. Not for Anchor Baptist Church. But for God be honored and glorified, that people would be pointed to God, that people's lives would be changed because they would put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as we do His will and walk with Him. And people look at us and they say, those people are different. We're not different because... You know why we're different? We're different because God made us different. That's why we're different. The world doesn't understand that. But they can if we'll walk with God. And we'll seek His will. And we'll serve His will in our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. The will of the Lord is that everyone be saved. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. You're not born again. But God desires you to be saved. 
He wants you to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and as a Christian you say, you know what, I, I really wasn't aware that God wanted involvement in my life on a regular basis every single day. I want to start seeking the Lord. Seek the Lord this morning. Seek His will. Read His Word. Read it, not just to read it, but read it to, to, to find out what He wants from your life. and To get instruction in righteousness, the Bible says. And then seek to live out the will of God in your life on a daily basis. God, I pray that you would touch hearts as only you can. God, what a impact we could have for your honor and for your glory. God, if we would humble ourselves, submit ourselves to you, and serve your will in our life. God, help us follow you. And God, if there's one person that's not saved this morning, God, I pray that you would touch their heart and show them their need for salvation. And God, may they put their faith and trust in you this morning and be saved. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if... God spoke into your heart. The altar's open. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, I need to be saved. I've never been saved. I don't even really understand what salvation is. If you're like that this morning, you say, well, I want to know. Why don't you come and just talk with me? a lady, we'll have a lady show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. If you're a man, we'll take a, have a man show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. Others have come, and you're welcome to come and pray. And Maybe you want to seek the Lord's will in your life. Maybe you want to ask the Lord to help you serve His will and do what He wants you to do. And Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we get off kilter. Sometimes we don't do what we should do, but Listen, we can always get back on track. We can always get back to where we ought to be and ask Him to help you.